And I said, ah, oh, man, look, I'm going to pause you right there. My, my idea of a mastermind or what I've been sold online is that a mastermind is something I'm going to pay to be a part of. And in six weeks, I'm going to have a beach house and a Ferrari. And I'm like, I don't really think that there's the ability to hack success like that. Look, man, I'm, I'm not your guy. Hey, I'm just a little uncommon. Hey, I'm just a little uncommon. Hey, I'm just a little uncommon. Common, common. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Uncommon Empire Podcast. I am your host, Ryan Thogmartin, and this is an entrepreneur's journey to living an uncommon life. It is good to be back. This is the uh, very first podcast episode I am recording at our new office in Scottsdale, Arizona. Just been in this office for a little over a week, and it has been a minute since I recorded a podcast. And uh, man, I think that's the hardest part about having a podcast is determining what to record and blocking the time to record it. I'm kind of somebody that like, I can't just sit down and record for the sake of recording, if that makes sense. So I got so much feedback on the last six episodes, specifically episode six, where I talked about rock bottom, basically being divorced and living a separate life from from my wife. We were living in the same house. We were everything but legally divorced and how we started to rebuild our marriage into what God called it to be. And I've got a lot of questions from people about, okay, what came next after that? So if you haven't listened to episode six, man, you really need to. If you haven't let listen to episode one through five or six, man, go back. You'll be able to get a sense of my journey, uh, where I came from and then how we got to this podcast. And then, uh, I'm kind of going through some, some foundational building blocks of, of being an entrepreneur and how we've pursued not only individually, but, but as a family, um, an uncommon life and, and building our uncommon empire. And in today's episode, um, I'm going to talk about fifth grade basketball and why and, and how the decision to play fifth grade basketball has had one of the most profound impacts on my life. We'll talk about ripple effect of a one, one decision. Uh, so some takeaways you're going to get from this episode, who you surround yourself with freaking matters. I'll go deep into this one. I, uh, man, when I was, a, when I was a kid, I heard my parents say all the time, tell me who you run with and I'll tell you how you're going to act. And I hated it when they said that, but man, spot on, spot on, spot on. Uh, we're going to cover scarcity mindset and why it is a freaking dream killer. I'm going to talk about my own scarcity and in, in living in a, a broke mindset, a scarcity mindset, um, and the cost of that. And then the beautiful ability God gives us to be able to rewire our minds to live in abundance and, and pursue more. So uh, fifth grade basketball, let me preset episode one. I talked about where I came from and, and why, where you come from doesn't, doesn't proceed or, or where you come from doesn't predict who you're going to be. Um, and, and that you, you know, just because you come from somewhere doesn't mean that if people in that area don't do the things that you want to do, or they don't grow the way you want to grow, doesn't mean that it's going to keep you from doing that. Everybody's got the opportunity to explode and shine and live into their full calling that, that God laid on their life. So grew up in a super small town, covered that. But what I didn't cover is 
I had some friends in that town uh, that were twins. They were older than me. I was in, I want to say I was in fifth grade or sixth grade when they were uh, seniors in high school. And uh, in our in our community, we had an outdoor basketball court. And man, when I was a kid, I want to say from fourth grade to probably my freshman, sophomore year or high school, like that was the spot to be. Like there was pickup basketball every single day, all hours of the day, 20, 30 people packing out uh, this outdoor court. It, it was our version of, of kind of the street ball that you will see in Harlem, New York, uh, much smaller scale, but man, it was fun. And uh, there were two brothers, twins, Mark and Blaine Keen. And I was almost as a younger age child, I was not allowed to be at that court unless they were there. Like these dudes would come pick me up. They would take me to play ball. I learned a ton about life and things that you should probably shouldn't learn or hear at, at, at you know in fourth grade at 10 years old uh, being at that basketball court so my parents didn't uh, actually love it when i was there um, but as long as i was with mark or blaine it was like i had good solid role models there um, and and these dudes were dope man they would like literally come to my house pick me up take me to the court drop me back off like hours on hours on hours each week i spent at this outdoor court so i loved basketball i loved sports but basketball was probably my first love not probably definitely was my first love as a sport and i um i decided to play fourth grade basketball was the first year i played competitive basketball it was the first year our school system had you know the ability for you to play uh on a, on a team and uh the next year when i was in fifth grade um, the high school or our school system launched a program called little Laker. And it was basically the youth league for basketball. And they would divide all the youth players into teams. And then high school players would coach those teams. And so signed up to play fifth grade basketball. Now that wasn't a hard decision. This wasn't a decision that I had to ponder very long. This wasn't a decision where there was lots of nights of undecisiveness, like playing basketball a hundred percent. Yes, I was going to do that. So the decision to actually sign up and play fifth grade basketball was easy. Really absolutely no thought process in it. Thought, thought process in it was absolutely you're going to play basketball. Now, Mark and Blaine uh, were on the, the high school varsity basketball team. And I remember the night before they were going to announce whose team you were on. I prayed that God would allow me to be on Blaine's team. Uh, Blaine was point guard of the high school team, was a baller, just one of the coolest dudes at the time. And I'm like, man. I want to be on, I, God, I want to be on his team. The next day, the teams were announced, and sure enough, man, I was on Mark's team, Blaine's twin brother. Didn't get on Blaine's twin team, got on Mark's team. Didn't really know Mark all that well. He picked me up a couple of times, but Blaine was the dominant one that you know would pick me up and take me to the course to play. Um, and uh, so I didn't really know Mark, and I remember immediately kind of being disappointed but then uh, having the conversation that, 
you know, all things happened for good and that there would be a reason why I was on Mark's team and not Blaine's team. Season was great. I think we went four and one. Um, you only played five. It was like a five week series. And I think we, our, our team ended up finishing second. We lost in the, in the championship to the gold team and I was on the purple team. All right. So that's my story about fifth grade basketball. And that story has absolutely zero bearing on the rest of my life for the next 23, 22, yeah, 22 years. So I think fifth grade would have been close to 10 or 11 at the time. So that really, that, that story has zero value um, for the next 23 years of my life. So let's fast forward to 23 years later, um, which would have been 2016 on Facebook. I got a, a message from my fifth grade basketball coach, Mark Keen and Mark and I literally prop, we were connected on Facebook, but I, I can say that we did not have, a conversation. Um, it had been easily 20 years since I really had a conversation with him. Again, fifth grade basketball, we stayed in contact for a couple years. His, his, it, Mark would come back to, you know, the town I grew up in in the summers after he was at college. And, you know, we connected, we connected at a church camp, but literally for the next 20 plus years, no, no conversation. We were friends on Facebook, but really we would see each other's content, but there wasn't a lot of interaction or anything like that. I get a Facebook message from Mark that says, Hey man, Hey man, um, I'm starting something that I think will be valuable for you and you would be interested in. And now look, I, I, I get messages like that quite a bit. And I think we all probably have gotten in this day and age, social, social messages, uh, that, that are like that. And so had it not been Mark, typically a lot of times, if I don't know that person very well, I'm, I'm blowing off those, those conversations. Um, because typically somebody's wanting something and anyways, we, we won't get into that, but, um, I respected Mark. I knew Mark's character just from experiencing, uh, his faith and different things and being connected with him when I was younger and, dope cool let's get reconnected man I, I missed that that friendship so said cool yeah let, let's connect give me a call set a time for a call mark calls me and he says hey man he goes I'm, I'm starting this new thing and i'm like okay dope and he's like um i've been following you on, on social now for a couple years and he's like i mean I'm, you're you're a man of faith uh you're a father of faith a husband of faith He's like, but I think there's a lot of room for you to grow in your life. And I'm starting this new thing that I think you'll find valuable. I'm like, okay, man, tell me, what is it? He's like, well, I'm starting a mastermind. And I said, ah, oh, man, look, I'm going to pause you right there. Like, uh, my, my idea of a mastermind or what I've been sold online is that a mastermind is something I'm going to pay to be a part of. And in six weeks, I'm going to have a beach house and a Ferrari. And I'm like, I don't really think that there's the ability to hack success like that. Uh, you got to put in the work. I'm, I'm look, man, I'm not, I'm not your guy. I'm not going to be interested. And he's like, look, dude, he's like, just give me a shot here. He's like, this is completely the opposite of what you think that it is. He's like, this is going to be a group of entrepreneurial Christian men that are going to connect and pour into each other. And he's like, it's going to change your life. And 
I I was not sold on the idea, but I was sold on Mark, new Mark, trusted Mark. And so I said to him, I said, look, man, I will, I will come to the first call. I'll show up. Uh, when is it? And he's like 6 a.m. on this date. And I'm like, dude, I, like, I'm not a morning person. Um, so here's where I was at. And I want to pause. In 2016, here's where I was at in my entrepreneurial journey. I think our company, we had 10 employees. We had just recently moved into our first real large office space. And business was going well. But I was one of those entrepreneurs where I didn't need anybody else. I could do it all on my own. And my wife really, you know, she was in the business some, but, you know, not full time like she is now. And um, I, I didn't fully realize the the value that she could bring to the business. Like I just was in this mindset of I can do it myself and I don't need anybody else. And there was also scarcity in that mindset that I didn't even realize existed, nor did I even know what scarcity was. And so my first point is like who you surround yourself with will absolutely change the game. The people that you put yourself in the room with, the people that are in your inner circle. And when I say inner circle, your circle are the people that actually have the ability to change your mind or your perception of something. So the people that you value what they think, you value their opinion, you value the advice that they give you, the those people that you keep in your circle that is everything. Tony Robbins says that you are the sum of the five people that you spend the most time with. And uh, there has been studies done based on income and all sorts of things of, of understanding that, you know, if you take the five people you spend the most time with outside of your family and you wrote down, you know, what their salary would be, most of the time your salary is going to be in the middle or the average of what their salary is. It's crazy. You can go find all the studies and read all the studies, but the people that you spend the most time with absolutely will start dictating who you are and your thought patterns. So I want to, I want to put that out there uh, because I didn't fully understand this. Again, I had heard when I was a kid, you know, tell me, tell me who you run with and I'll tell you how you're going to act. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's a bunch of BS. Like I can make my own decisions. So I, I was in this very selfish position as an entrepreneur and a business owner. Kaylee and I had been working heavily on our marriage and connecting with God at the center of our marriage. And, you know, we were functioning at a, at a high level, but nowhere near where we're at now and understanding what full alignment and things look like. So I say all that to tell you that I, I committed to Mark to, to coming to the first call of the mastermind. And he said, look, man, he goes, commit to me for, for one month. He's like, just don't, you know, you're not gonna, we're not gonna change the world on one call. But just verbally commit to me for a month of, of giving this a shot. And I said, all right, bro, look, I mean, my time is my most valuable asset. An hour a week is a lot of time, but I respect you. I'll commit. Showed up for the first call. Amazing. Like, it's the first time in my life that I had connected with other entrepreneurial Christian men who wanted more out of their life. And at that time period, I had no idea what that meant. 
Um, so it's six years ago from right now, almost seven, I had, I didn't understand, like I had desires and, and dreams of things that I wanted, but I also was living in the scarcity mindset that uh, money was fleeting. You couldn't reproduce it. You couldn't create it. You know, you get what you get. You don't throw fit. Like I wanted more but I didn't fully understand the ability that we have to go create more and the calling that God puts us in to be able to go create more and bless others and all the things. So I didn't fully grasp that. And I started to see other men and hear other men on a, a that were Christians wanting more out of life and, and proclaiming more and the blessing that they could be to others. And so after that first call, I, I reached out to Mark. I'm like, bro, look, um, can I just pay for the full year of this up front? And he's like, I mean, yeah, sure. Like I've never had anybody offer to do that, but, uh, I mean, I, I guess, but can I ask you why? And I said, look, if I don't go all in and commit, I know me, I will, I will make excuses as to why I don't have time to show up as valuable as it could possibly be without the financial commitment. I, I, I'll find reasons not to show up and I won't get value out of it. So I just want to pay for the full year. And he's like, all right, cool. I mean, that's fine. Go for it. So after three months of being in the mastermind, um, I started one-on-one -on -one coaching with Mark where we would spend 45 minutes to an hour a week connecting and really looking at where I wanted transformation in my life and unlocking some of the, the, the mindset that I had, the scarcity mindset that I, that I had had and been, I guess, programmed with. Um, it's what I had experienced in my life was, was kind of living in scarcity. Like you, like you got to take money and you got to store it away for a rainy day and you get what you get. You don't throw a fit. Um, you can be grateful or you can be greedy. You can be grateful or you can be selfish. And you know, God doesn't want you to chase money and God doesn't want you to go after this. And, and like, that was, that was living in the scarcity of, I needed to get a job because I needed to have an income because I needed to pay bills, like living in that paycheck to paycheck kind of mindset. Um, that's, that's where I was at. Even though I owned a business, I was still kind of in that mindset, you know, that, that it could all go away overnight and man, we're left with nothing and we got to store it and store it and store it and, and not spend it and, and just warped mindsets like, like that. And, and through un, what I learned about the scarcity new mindsets that I had is like, they were absolutely killing my dreams. I was saying in my, you know, that my dreams were to have this huge empire and this big company and impact a lot of people. But my thought patterns and my actions absolutely did not map to living in abundance. They mapped to living in extreme scarcity. And I was making decisions subconsciously that were putting limits on the growth of myself, the growth of my family, the growth of the business, the growth of finances. I was capping God's ability by not taking action on the calling that was on my life because I was living in this scared scarcity mindset. And so when I started one-on-one -on -one coaching with Mark, um, my life started to change. He started to, to identify the things that were holding me back where I wasn't fully tapping into God's calling and potential. Um, I learned to start being able to listen and understand what God was speaking to me and the calling that was on my life. I learned 
I was learning how to live in abundance, which, which created a better dynamic in my household and with my kids and with my wife and learning to love my wife more and understand what, what the, the true role of a husband was and playing my part on the team. I was looking at my role as the husband in in a, in the relationship and in the marriage as I had to be the leader of the family. Everybody had to follow me. I set the tone and I set the decisions. And it was almost like I was the coach and everybody else was was the players. And that is not how it's supposed to be whatsoever. Um, understanding that Kaylee and I were a team and that alignment between us was imperative to our family to have this success that God wanted us to have, our kids to have this success that God wanted them to have and the calling on their life. We had to start modeling these things as a couple. And it took me shifting my mindsets to understand the role that I was supposed to play. And I remember when I told Kaylee that I was going to start one-on-one coaching with Mark, her words were, I see. So you're going to start paying for a friend. All right, cool. Good for you. And, and that was really kind of the extent of the conversation. Fast forward six months after one-on-one coaching, she came to me and she's like, Hey, she's like, look, I got to tell you, I was, I, I was wrong about this. You paying for a friend thing. She's like, I don't know if that's what's switched in your life, but like you've done a complete 180 as a person. Um, like you are a massively more supportive and better husband. You are a better father. You're more present uh, with our family and with the kids. You're a better leader in the business. The business is really starting to thrive and grow. Um, and it created a, a different dynamic in our marriage because here's the thing. When you start a personal development journey, the number one kind of foundational starting point is that you got to understand that you are personally responsible for the things that happen in your life. Your life is the sum total of all the decisions that you ever make. And you got to have personal responsibility. So think about this, like in a marriage and in a relationship, we are pretty reactive to the other person. Um, or the other people in in our family where I'm upset about something because of you doing something. You did X, which then in turn forced me to be upset. And when then that dynamic starts to change and you understand that you can take full responsibility over your choice to get mad or not, and to understand that perception is reality. So if you perceive me, something that I said was rude or not appropriate or offensive and you're calling me out on it i got to take ownership over that whether or not i meant for it to be the way that it was perceived your perception is your reality and that personal responsibility conversation was is is literally the game changer in personal development understanding that there are consequences for the choices that we make and every choice comes with a consequence whether good or bad you got to take personal responsibility over that. And when you can start owning your decisions and you can start owning the things that you say and the things that you do and take full responsibility for your life, everything around you starts to change. The things that are connected to you are either going to elevate with you or they've got to move out of the way. And so 
when I started one-on-one coaching and then Kaylee Stahl changing me, it, it prompted her to start her own personal development journey and tapping into resources to grow and her mindset started changing ownership, personal responsibility. And man, it was like these things together, we started to, to, to gel. And I think, you know, number three on kind of that list of who you surround yourself with matters so i put myself in a environment of other entrepreneurials entrepreneurial men that were christians that could pour into me i could pour into them and i had that continual abundance conversation um on a weekly and sometimes daily basis and then tapping into the resource of having a coach a life coach that pours into me and challenges me and helps me break mindsets when we break mindsets we have to rewire our patterns of thinking and every single one of us has the ability to rewire the our thought patterns we're all programmed in some way based upon the experiences we had as children in the environments that we grew up in and there's still things that i that i say that my family calls me out on my wife and kids of hey that's kind of a scarcity mindset dad i'm like whoa yeah you're right like old patterns die hard but we've got the ability to start rewiring our thought process and break out of generational molds and patterns that have held us in captivity and kept us from understanding the destiny and the purpose that god created us for i fully believe that every single one of us regardless of the way that we grew up regardless of where you come from regardless of all the doors that have been slammed in your face regardless of all the hardship that's been in your life we all are absolutely 100 percent called to another level the purpose that god has on your life is massive but you've got to do the work to find it you've got to do the work to meet god in your calling and take action and take steps You've got the ability to rewire your mind. So I'm a full believer that everybody needs a coach. And so the decision to play fifth grade basketball, the reason it has had that decision has had the greatest impact on my life. And now I'm removing the decision to accept Christ because that's a given like that, that in itself, nothing could ever trump the decision to make Jesus the Lord and savior of your life. I'm going with fifth grade basketball has had the most impact um, outside of my marriage, outside of my decision to, to follow Christ. Um, and the reason being is because playing fifth grade basketball got me the deep introduction to Mark Keen. That eight week period and, and then the next couple years of seeing each other a few times and going to camp psyker for a couple weeks with with mark and his family and being at church camp and getting connected there and then a gap of 20 plus years before we reconnected it all started with the decision to play fifth grade basketball and man i can even go even deeper that the connection to mark is is was the connection to the book church board to millionaire which broke other limiting beliefs and and scarcity patterns that were showing up in my life and um, helped me change my mindset around uh, just because I was a Christian 
didn't make it wrong to want to pursue to build an empire and have massive impact on the world um just i mean mark introduced me to that book which introduced me to new mindsets which then forced me to reach out to doug to to tell him that which then connected us in utah which then got the invite to come to a a conference in arizona that that then led to us signing our kids up for a new online school and eventually moving to scotts arizona like it's it's so insane but had the fifth grade basketball had i had a different coach in fifth grade basketball everything could be different now i'm a full believer that god's will is always going to be done whether it's in you or it's in somebody else but it's our responsibility to do the work to meet god to find the will to to pursue it um so fifth grade basketball absolute massive game changer in my life but i still had to do the work and I still had to man up and be who God called me to be as a husband, who God called me to be. And I'm still leaning into that. I don't think that that, that work is ever done. It's a, con- it's a constant pursuit and a decision that you have to make every single day of your life to be who God called you to be. And yes, you're going to trip. Yes, you're going to fall. You're going to hit your head. You're going to fail. You're going to get back up. You're going to do it over again. You're going to win. You're going to fail. You're going to win. You're going to fail. It's the constant pursuit to be the best version of yourself, to continue to grow, to continue to lean into who God calls you to be, the purpose that he created you for every single day with every single breath. It is a constant pursuit. I don't think we ever reach the pinnacle because even when we reach the pinnacle there's still another level there's still another opportunity there's still more growth that can happen so fifth grade basketball man absolutely changed my life and so i want to leave you with with kind of a recap who you surround yourself with matters you know how i chose to plug into a group of unchristian people that don't know jesus that you know would have been a negative influence on my life this conversation could have went completely different so who you surround yourself with and including your circle absolutely matter and you will be the sum of the five people that you spend the most time with scarcity mindset is a dream killer i can't tell you the how my dreams have amplified and what i feel the calling on my life is since i untapped or since i tapped into an abundance mindset and started to shed that scarcity mindset that 95 percent of people live with five percent of people will live on the success curve which is the abundance mindset living above the line 95 percent of people live on the failure curve which is the scarcity mindset and below the line it's your choice like you have the ability to choose and you have the absolute ability to rewire your thought patterns and rewire how you manifest and how you think and the things you speak over yourself. You have got the ability. God has created you to be able to rewire our thought patterns. That's the game, folks. You start rewiring your thought patterns and tapping into the abundance, then all the more that God created you for, and your life will absolutely change. But you have to commit, you have to take action, and you gotta freaking do the work. That's right. So I'm gonna challenge you with this. Decisions that we make have ripple effects. The decisions that you make have consequences and, and those consequences have ripple effects the ripple effect of me choosing to play fifth grade basketball insane amount of impact on my life 
outside of marriage and and Jesus, that that one decision has has had the single greatest impact on my life. What's the one decision that you've made that's had the biggest ripple effect on your life? So think about that. I would love to reach out to me. Let's chat about it. Send me a message. Connect with me on social. Um, good one. Good stuff here. All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wrap it up with that. What is the one decision that you've made that's had the greatest ripple effect on your life? Because decisions have ripple effects. Mine was to play fifth grade basketball. All right. Until next time, commit to living uncommon.